Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java Junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or ten minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple shot K-Cup with my guest, Stephen Kotler. So... If it's okay with you, I'd like to flash back, way back to when you were in school. You went to the University of Wisconsin, Madison, where you got a BA in creative writing. And I can imagine if we have any older listeners in the audience, and maybe even some of our young listeners are thinking, why the hell did he major in creative writing? That's not the pathway to realizing riches and success and and all of that. That's like a pathway to uh, the unemployment line. So why did you major in creative writing? Because I've been writing since I was four years old. It was interesting because I remember being in college and I remember hearing about the creative writing department and I was already, this is going to sound so ridiculously, it was so ridiculously arrogant in like hindsight at like 18 or 19 at the time, but I was like, but I'm already a writer. Why would I need to take creative writing classes? Like I've been writing every day since I was 15. And I still, I, I, I'm not quite sure. They threw me out of the University of, Park, University of Wisconsin creative writing department also. No, um, I didn't know yeah, that. I was thrown out. I ended up being invited back, but I was thrown out. I was very, very disruptive, as they said. I was a punk rock. Most people who ended up in the creative writing program, they wanted psychotherapy. They didn't want to write. They literally, they, they, they wanted to go talk about their problems and the stuff that had happened. And I'm not saying that's not a valid use of writing, but I was there to like learn how to write fiction and learn how to write poetry. I thought just because something shitty happened in your life, it didn't make it good fiction. It just made it something shitty that happened in your life. And I was very vocal about this and I wasn't particularly polite about it. Um, so, and, and I was also doing... I was doing really weird things with language. I was pushing on language in ways that the University of Wisconsin had a fairly conservative creative writing department. And to their credit, they asked me to leave. And then they hired Lori Moore, Jesse Lee Kirchhoff, and a bunch of other really brilliant writers who actually did the kind of work that I did and asked me to come back. So why did I major in creative writing? I, didn't, I don't think I had any other ideas at the time. I ended up, I mean, the funny thing is I ended up with a degree in creative writing, English, fine art, and philosophy. So I have three minors and a major. So did you know what you wanted to do with that degree when you graduated? I knew, 
No, I, I, before I had, before grad school, I had been working in advertising a little bit. I had worked for a company called Footcon and Belding. Uh, I was doing, I was working a little bit on Taco Bell ads. They were most famous for in the nineties. They did the really famous Levi ads with Spike Lee and people like that. They were, they were a really cool shop. And I thought I didn't, I wasn't not really wired for advertising, but I thought that's where I was going to end up and talk about weird career paths. They had never met me at foot counter building. I've been working, I've been a freelancer and I was a punk rocker. I had long dreadlocks and they invited me after grad school to come into the office and they saw me for the first time. And this was in the early 1990s. And really you couldn't look like me and work in corporate America. Today you can, today you can look any old way you want. Then you could not at all. They would, there was no, it was very clear from the moment I walked in that I wasn't going to get the job. And despite the fact that I'd worked there before, blah, blah, I was actually being interviewed by a friend of mine or a guy I had known. He didn't know what to do with me. And because he couldn't hire me looking the way I, I looked, he also couldn't tell me that he couldn't hire me looking the way I looked. Cause that, right, that's a lawsuit way to happen kind of thing. So he kept trying to persuade me to leave. And I just like, I needed a job, man. I wasn't leaving. And finally, he went to a meeting. He threw a copy of a magazine. The magazine was called Bikini. It was not about Bikini. It was like the early precursor of what became magazines like Details or Spy or things like that. It was out of LA. And I opened it up and I read an interview written by a guy who ended up becoming a friend of mine. It was just an interview with a, a movie star, but it was written in a way. I, I, it was very punk rock. It was very new to journalism. And I went, I can do this. And I stole the magazine and I left the building and I went home and I called the editor in chief on the phone every hour on the hour, four days until he took my call. And I had no, I'd never written journalism before, but I had my senior thesis, which was a book. I had had papers. I I just faxed this dude anything I could send him at the time. And then I just kept calling. And eventually, you know, he called me back. He's like, look, you got chutzpah. And he gave me a shot. And then magazine journalism, as you know, if you're curious and you can hustle, you can basically get paid to learn anything you want to learn from almost anybody you want to learn from, which is, you know, like being kind of the case of the kingdom. So you decided to pursue journalism while you were sitting in an office interviewing for an advertising for, job. For an advertising job. Yeah, I knew I, did. I knew I really didn't want to work in advertising either. I had never thought about pursuing journalism. And because traditional journalism wasn't interesting to me, but what I saw when I saw what was going on in bikini, I was like, wait a minute, this is edgy. This is interesting. It was also, I was ignorant of what had gone on in the new journalism, new journalism movement. So like Joan Diddy and the, like I knew a little bit of that work, but I didn't really understand what had gone on there. So I didn't realize there were a lot of kindred spirits actually working in journalism. That was, it was a, it was a good home for me. It fit really, it fit really well, it's especially in the nineties when if you weren't outside of New York, New York was still corporate America and whatever. And, but if you were part of any of the other kind of magazine kingdoms that were elsewhere in the nineties, magazines were the internet before the internet. And it was, you could really, you could do a lot of really creative work. You could do push on language. You could do really interesting stories. It was a good fit for me. And they were weird. And they were weirdos who were running the show also. When the magazine started, magazine movement happened in the 90s, it happened because Mac Publishing or whatever that was showed up, the, the very first desktop publishing program. And all of a sudden, there were people who wanted to start a magazine. The punks who had been running the zine since the 70s were the only people who knew how to do it. So, 
the punks got all the jobs. And so for like this weird window, it was sort of like they let the freaks take over, you know, the media. And that's, I sort of stuck in that back door. So when you say you were a punk, did you have a band? I did not have a band. I did have a Mohawk, though. So you were more punk in like your dress and the music that you enjoy to listen well, to? Okay, so I'm sorry. The punk rock movement, if you don't, if you're not familiar with the punk rock movement, yeah, there was a lot of funny haircuts. Yeah, there was a lot of like anger and sex and, and all that stuff. Punk was about DIY creativity. Punk rock was from the very beginning. It was the record labels didn't want to put out the punk albums. That's where it started. So people started recording their own albums and then booking their own tours and then making their building their own shows. And then they needed magazines to support the scene. I started a magazine, you know, as in support of the punk scene called Penumbra way back in the day. I don't even think it lasted like three issues, but whatever. It was a lit mag. It was a punk rock lit magazine out of San Francisco years ago that I started. So yeah, to me, when I think about punk rock, I think two things. I think DIY creativity. What I really think is we didn't care who you were. We didn't care what you looked like. We didn't really care what you believed in or who you had sex with or what, how you looked. What we cared is, could you add something to the creative mix? Could you help us do something interesting with creativity? So when I talk about punk rock, yeah, I had funny hair and all that other stuff, but I'm really talking about kind of a DIY creativity movement. Got right. it. Okay. Now it's sort of captured in entrepreneurship and it's a very different thing. People don't realize that like the entrepreneurial values are punk rock values. Like that's where a lot of that emerged from. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Oh,